Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host, Stephanie. Oh, hi, I'm here too. Oh, I forgot I didn't say here with my co-host, Ariel. I just assumed you'd not been. I know, and I didn't, so sorry. <laughs> anyway. Like, da, 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 you it's know. the end of the week, quarantine week a million, so. Yes. We're there. Um, thank you, everyone, for continuing to listen. Happy Friday. We are super excited to bring you episode 31 today. So, uh, to- we were already on 31. I know. We're crushing it. Yeah. I can't wait till we're on like 500. Oh my gosh. I know. And yes, guys, we will still be doing this at episode 500. So, we yeah, hope you're still listening like it too much, so. with us by then. Facts. 100% facts. So, today um, I'm drinking my David's Tea Caribbean Crush. Uh, I got a sample packet, so I'm trying to finish all the ones that I have a ton of before I dive into my sample packet of new flavors. Naturally. Um, I'm drinking some good old vitamin water. You know, sometimes you just wake up and you're like, I need vitamin C right now. But, like, I don't want to drink orange juice because there's so much freaking sugar in it. And I'm trying real hard not to get gestational diabetes. So I'm drinking some delicious orange vitamin water, which I think I like more anyways. So thank you, vitamin water. Um, So we're doing Samuel Little. Yeah, we are. And he is, I know they say this about everyone, but he really is one of like the craziest serial killers of all time. Um, Prolific, I believe is the word the FBI uses. I feel like they literally say that about every single serial killer. I think it's because this guy, they, like, originally didn't think he was, and then, like, they found out he killed, like, a shit ton of people. Ah, okay. Um, So we will dive into it further, but basically the quick background of Samuel Little is that he did kill some people, and then when he was, like, captured, he basically confessed to, like, a shit ton more. And they actually, like, have his confessions on tape, and I will link this um, in on our Facebook and stuff when the episode releases but he that so he takes he like drew like hand drew portraits of his victims like the people he kidnapped not like as they were dead just i think as he remembers them when he originally probably saw them and planned to you know kidnap them and kill them and the fbi actually uses them so there's this spot on the fbi website where literally it's like his confession for that specific person and then their portrait because a bunch of them still haven't even been located um so i think that's why so cool i think that's why he ended up turning out to be one of the most prolific because there were so many more that like they didn't know existed when they captured him and they've just continually linked him to new ones for like years and years and years and years and they must still use him like during trainings and stuff and teaching new recruits and all that good stuff i guarantee you they use him in the classes so yes that's uh that's samuel little and he like i said he's super interesting so i'll have ariel dive into his early life yeah give you a little All right, background. so he was born in june of 1940 in georgia uh he claims that his mother was a prostitute we don't actually have proof of that but regardless there's definitely something going on there um so when he was fairly young they moved to Ohio, but he was basically raised by his grandmother. So I mean, maybe his mom was a prostitute, wasn't really a great mom. There's not a whole ton of information, but his grandmother ends up raising him. Um, basically, all through school, he kind of just had issues with discipline. He got in trouble a lot. He really didn't get good grades. Um, 
and I mean, so he was like in his like sixteen ish. Uh, and he actually got convicted of breaking and entering into someone's home uh, and got sent to, uh, like, a juvenile offenders institution. Um, so, I mean, his crime started fairly early in life. Um, so later on, he's in his 20s. He ends up moving to Florida uh, to live with his mother again. And this is not the first killer we've covered that does this. He ends up working in a cemetery and also an ambulance attendant. And I really think that they do this so that they can be around like dead people. Yeah, I agree. It's very strange. Um, So he does that for a while, but then he also ends up traveling around. Um, He says that, that was kind of when his like run-ins with the law really started. He does end up getting arrested um, in eight different states um, for everything from shoplifting, armed robbery, rape, assault. I mean, he's like all over the place. So he really is not a great individual to start with. Yeah, he's like, Um, he was very, very all over the place like the whole time. Right. So he also, in a lot of the research it it says things like he claims and he believes so it kind of makes me think like maybe we think he's lying or stretching the truth a little bit because he so one of the things that he said um was that he you know he took a boxing in prison which okay fine but he refers to himself as a prize fighter which i mean like if you're incarcerated you don't actually get to I don't really know how he thought that would work but um, so I think maybe he at least exaggerates some of his uh, shall we say successes yeah for sure I mean whatever so he is is fairly young he's in his 20s um, when these murders start I think yeah so if you want to start talking about those stuff yeah, so in 19, so first in 1961, um, he was, sorry guys, um, he was arrested and sentenced to three years in prison for breaking into a furniture store. Um, like, what was he going to do? He was released in 1964, but like Arrow said, by 1975, he had been arrested 26 times in 11 states for crimes like oh theft, God. assault, attempted rape, fraud, attacks on government officials, like... Like Ariel said, completely freaking all over the map. Like, this guy has no rhyme or reason, it seems like, to what he's doing at all. So, in 1982, he was arrested in uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi. Sorry, guys, I have no clue what that says. And charged with the murder of a 22-year-old woman named Melinda Rose LaPree, who had gone missing in September of that year. A grand jury declined to indict him for the murder of her, but when he was under investigation, he was transferred to Florida to be brought to trial for the murder of 26-year-old Patricia Ann Mount, whose body was found in September of 1982. So the prosecution witnesses identified that him in court was the person who spent time with her on the night before her disappearance. So, but due to the mistrust of witness testimonies, uh, he was acquitted in January of 1984. So, guys, this is another killer that most of his victims could have been saved, basically. You know, like, they declined to indict him for that first murder. 
Yeah. Why? Like, you don't get charged with murder and with not having any proof for it. So this is, like, very frustrating for me because I feel like a lot of the killers we cover, it's like there are so many people whose lives could have been saved had our justice system just been more on top of it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that it's it's definitely... I mean, trust me, I'm not a huge fan of the justice system in general um, for my own personal reasons. (laughs) But I definitely believe, obviously, that even... I think the problem is that even though we've evolved over time, I could still see this happening today, even though this happened in the 1980s. And I think that's what aggravates me so much because, like, maybe we didn't know as well then but like Ariel and I have caught murderers from 1930 that were doing the same thing so like okay we're 50 years later and we're doing the same thing and then we're another 50 years later and I guarantee you like we're still making like those same things are still happening it's like oh well we just didn't believe that that testimony would hold up it's like okay it reminds me of Ariel and I one of Ariel and I's favorite movies of all time law-abiding citizen where he gets so pissed because he's like i don't care if they walked free as long as you had tried but you just like wanted to get a deal in hopes that they'd get something whereas i wanted you to go for it all and then if that failed at least i know you had gone for it all i support that dryer butler i support that (laughs) so um samuel little moves to california he stays in the area of san diego so we're now in like october of 1984 He's then arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling Lori Barrows, who's a 22-year-old who actually survived. A month later, he was found by police in the backseat of his car with an unconscious woman who was also beaten and strangled in the same location as the attempted murder of Lori Barrows. He serves two and a half years in prison for both crimes. So, in the same location as Barrows, literally this guy's lying in his car with an unconscious woman, like where he had just attempted to murder someone else not yeah so he serves two and a half years in prison for both of those crimes so how is that not attempted murder yeah like two and a half years um that's not enough time so upon his release in february of 1987 okay two and a half years later he immediately moves to los angeles california and commits more than 10 additional murders I know we're all shocked by this information. (laughs) So he was arrested on September. So mind you, this is in February of 1987. Okay. And then we're going to talk about a gap real quick, guys. There's a big old gap because in September of 2012, he was arrested at a homeless shelter in Louisville, in Kentucky, not sorry, guys, Kentucky and extradited to California to face a narcotics charge. After which authority used DNA testing to establish that he was involved in the murder of Carol Eileen Elford, who was killed in July of 1987, Guadalupe Apodaca, killed in September of 1987, Audrey Ever, killed in August of 1989, and all three women were killed and later found on the streets of Los Angeles. So it took, like, what? I know, so 15 years later, basically. So, he was extradited to Los Angeles, where he was charged on January 7th of 2013. A few months later, the police said that Little was being investigated for involvement in dozens of murders committed in the 1980s, which until then had been undisclosed. So I'm guessing that he killed these people, like, basically went off the grid and stopped killing after that. And it just took them... Do you think he did, though, or was he still I don't think he did. the whole time? I definitely think he was still killing. In connection with new circumstances in Mississippi, the LaPree murder case was opened. So that's what reopened a lot of these, like, cold cases. 
So in total, he was tested for involvement in 93 murders of women committed in the territory of many United States states. Wow, I said that really. So you stupidly. know, he just traveled all over the freaking place killing women. Right. So I'm going to have you do trial and jail time, and then I'm going to dive a little deeper into these confessions that I was telling everyone okay. about. Okay, sure. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, the trial of Samuel Little. So this is for the murders of um, three different women, the three women that Stephanie had mentioned. So this trial began in September of 2014. So guys, six years ago, this guy was on trial. Uh, so the prosecution basically presented the DNA test results as well as testimonies from witnesses who were attacked by Samuel Little throughout his like whole criminal career. Um, so on September 25th of 2014, Little was found guilty and sentenced to life imprisonment without possibility of parole. Uh, as really on the day of the verdict, so he gets sentenced and he's still like, nope, I'm innocent. Dude, I know that like maybe in the eighties DNA wasn't as helpful. We didn't have as many tests, but guess what? We're in 2014. We know how DNA works. Like your DNA is on the body of these victims. Just, just say, just say it. You killed them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's currently still serving a life sentence in the California state prison in Los Angeles. Um, so like I said, he does maintain his innocence for a little while, but then he's finally like, all right, I'm going to confess. So Steph, you want to chat about his confessions? Okay. So, um, like I said earlier, I'm going to post the link for you guys. That's on the FBI website, but I'm going to go through a little bit of these like other confessions just because this information is freaking insane. And then I'm going to post it when the episode comes out because I listened to like maybe four or five of them and like this guy literally is no more. He's like, oh yeah, so there's this lady. She'd be what you you people call transgender now. Well, she was like this and he like remembers for the most part what they look like and like he remembers like what he did and where he saw them. Like it is and like you can just tell he's like, it was great, like great times. Like he has no remorse whatsoever in the way he explains it. Um, like sometimes he's even smiling or like chuckling as he like remembers the situation. Like it's super fucking creepy. Ugh. So mind you, so 2013 in January is when he finally got convicted. Right. Did I say that right? No, sorry. Um, on September of 2014, that's when he finally was found guilty and sentenced. So he got he was charged in January of 2013. So, let's you are jumping forward here to November of 2018. So on November 9th of 2018, Samuel Little confessed to the 1996. So again, after the 80s, fatal strangulation of Melissa Thomas. Then on the 13th, he was charged. The November 13th of 2018, he was charged with the 1994 murder of Denise Christie Brothers in Odessa, Texas, after having confessed the crime to a Texas Ranger in May of 2018. He pleaded guilty to the murder of brothers on December 13th and received another life sentence. So the Texas District, God, sorry guys, attorney and Wise County Sheriff's Office also announced on November 13th that he had confessed to dozens of murder that may have been committed more than 90 murders across 14 states between 1970 and 2005. So he's killing for 35 years. Yes. So on November 15th of 2018, uh, they, the Alabama district attorney announced that Little had, com had confessed like earlier in that month to the 1979 murder of 23-year-old Brenda Alexander, 
whose body was found in Phoenix City. And then on November 16th of 2018, Georgia sheriffs announced that he had credibly confessed to the 1977 strangling murder of an unidentified woman and the 1982 strangling murder of 18-year-old Fredonia Smith. So mind you guys, we're a li- this is literally different like states attorney's office who are coming who are like getting these confessions because that's how many times he was like traveling and killing people in the fall of 2018 he confessed to the 1982 murder of 55 year old dorothy richards and the 1996 murder of 40 year old daisy mcguire both of their bodies were found in louisiana so that's 14 years apart that he is confessing to two murders found in the same town in louisiana so that's creepy he like goes back and like kills again oh my god so on november 19th of 2018 i know these dates are like super hard guys to like follow me with but pretty much all in 2018 he was like i guess i could confess to a bunch of these now because like i'm here harrison county mississippi sheriff said that little confessed to strangling 36 year old julia critchfield in the gulfport area in 1978 and dumping her body off a cliff then, again, also in November of 2018, in, Missis- in Lee County, Mississippi, law enforcement officials said that he admitted to killing 46-year-old Nancy Carol Stevens in a different part of Mississippi in 2005. And that case would be presented to a grand jury in January of 2019. So that was only last okay, year. Last year. And remember, 2018 was only two years ago. So he's literally only started confessing two years ago to all these murders. That's On, crazy. Again, November 2018... Richland County, South Carolina authorities announced that he confessed to killing and murdering 19-year-old Evelyn Weston. I know, sorry. I, my brain is clearly not working. It's Friday. Apologize, guys. Um, whose body was found near Fort Jackson in 1978. He also confessed to killing 20-year-old Rosie Hill in Marion County, Florida in 1982. Still in November, the FBI announced that the violent crime at the violent criminal apprehension program team had confirmed 34 of his confessions and were working to match the remainder of Little's confessions to known murders or suspicious deaths. He began making confessions in exchange for a transfer out of the Los Angeles County prison where he was held. One included his confession to a previous cold case homicide in Prince George's County, Maryland, previously one of the only two homicide cases in that county that has unidentified victims. In December of 2018, he was indicted for strangling Linda Sue Boards, who was 23, to death in May of 1981 in Kentucky. Her body was found in May near uh, Route 68 in Kentucky. Uh, One of his victims was identified in December 2018 as well, known as Martha Cunningham of Knox County, Tennessee, who was 34 years old, and he murdered her in 1975. So mind you, like, these are cold cases that, like, he finally started confessing, and people are probably, like, pulling back their cold cases to see if they have, like, any, like, suspicious, like, Jane Doe woman that they could put in the vicinity of, like, maybe this guy when he was there. And it wouldn't even matter if he was there then because he apparently travels back. He doesn't give a crap. Well, also is not super careful about leaving his DNA. I don't think he cares. He got away with it for so fucking long. He was like, who yeah. gives a shit? You guys have arrested me 10 times and you keep letting me go. So, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I feel like for him, it, he was one of those people that had that God punk complex because he kept getting away. Like, he was like, okay, right. so you arrested me four times. I literally murdered two people. You arrested me. Let me go again. And then I murdered a shit ton of more people. And then it took you, like, right. 20 years to come after me. 
Like, it just it is mind-blowing to me. So, we're now in May of 2019 in Ohio. Prosecutors announced indictments with four counts of aggravated murder and six counts of kidnapping against Samuel Little for killing Mary Jo Payton in 1984 and Rose Evans in 1991. Both victims were strangled and dumped. Rose Evans was found in August of 1991 in a vacant lot. She left her hometown of Binghamton, New York, when she was 17 and then was found dead at 32. She had been strangled. As for Peyton, she was an anthropologist, um, and they actually had to like create a model of what she looked like because they couldn't, they didn't find her remains until 1992, even though she was killed in '84. Um, the only way they identified her is they put her thumbprint in the FBI database and ended up actually getting a match. So, like, once they like finally found her, they were like, "Okay, let's look into this." He had picked her up at a bar. Um, and described her as like a short, plump woman in her 20s with brown hair. And guys, this is literally how he describes people in these confessions. He's like, yeah, you know, so like she was blonde and like tall legs and like not too fat. Like this is literally how he describes people in these confessions that I've been talking to you about. Um, so he, she had, he said she had brown hair. Then he also confesses killing another Cleveland woman in 77 or 78. So on the FBI website, when I post it, it's going to tell you, like, please don't think, like, oh, well, he said 77 and not 78, so it can't be this this person I think it is. Because they think that, like, especially as he's gotten, gotten older, and I'm sure he has some sort of mental health issues at this point, that some of the, like, minor details, he could be mixing up, like, a year or a color of a shirt. So they don't want you to be like, hey, that looks like someone I know, but he said green and she was wearing red, so, like, def not her. Like, if you see something, say something, as Harold and I always tell you guys. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's it's insane. So anyway, these confessions go on for a really long time. I, I think I still have, like, almost a page worth worth left but another thing i really want to focus on is the portraits he drew of them so what he did basically is he it almost looks like he uses like a pastel um you know those are like pastel crayon things um when yeah. he colored these pictures and he colors all these pictures of these different women and it's crazy because like some of them definitely had like purple hair or were blonde and he like makes it very specific to make sure that like their hair colors are what he remembers them as and stuff like that and it definitely is something that i feel like some of them i'm like wow my child is sick she could definitely draw like this and other ones i'm like wow this is like super detailed but there's a level of um almost like childishness in the drawings when you look at them so it's just, it's crazy. So the portraits, like I said, have been released by the FBI in hopes of someone identifying some of the women. So they do know one portrait has actually solved a cold case in Akron, Ohio, but that's it so far. And you have to remember, like, he only started confessing two years ago. So it's not like they've been out there for 20 years. They they haven't been out there that long. Um, but a lot of them, he talks about like, oh, she was black, slender, wore glasses. She lived in this neighborhood and was a heavy female Hispanic and like left a cigarette billboard near her house. Like he remembers like very, very specific details about these women. And uh, on, so his latest conviction was on June 7th of 2019. He was actually entitled, entitled. Oh my gosh, Era, what is wrong with me today? He was, I don't know. You need to like, <laughs> have some coffee or something i don't think that would help i i'm clearly talking too fast i don't think that would assist me in the slightest he was indicted in hamilton county ohio for murdering two women killed in cincinnati so that was just that wasn't even a year ago 
that he was indicted for murdering those two women. So, uh, fun facts about this crazy dude, okay? So, Samuel Wilson. So, Ariel, if you scroll down to, I like, you can see the link I left in the fun facts that we're going to share. Um, so, here's some inter- so, here's some information about him now. He had a longtime girlfriend named Jean who actually shoplifted for a living, and that's how they, she supported them. Like, paid their bills and where they lived by shoplifting. She must have, like, shoplifted and, I'm guessing, pawned off items that they didn't need for money. Right. Um, he now uses a wheelchair, has diabetes, and has a heart condition. He's very old. He's a bigger guy. Um, he's featured on an episode of Catching a Killer on Oxygen. There's also a movie documentary of him called Confessions of a Serial Killer. There's also an A&E documentary about him. He's no, Like I said, he's known as one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. I think especially because there were so many that they didn't know about. So as he continued, to, like as time has continued to pass, they're literally every day like finding new victims of his. And he's like, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. What's the point? Uh, yes. So uh, he definitely was, there wasn't like an insane amount of information. I mean, there was a lot about his confessions because they're out there, but it's not something I'd, I'm sure you guys would rather sit and listen to his confessions and listen to me just reiterate them. But he is, like I said, he was arrested so many times, let go so many times. And after he was finally let go for that two and a half year stint of murdering people or attempted murder and murder of those two girls, he literally just went on and killed tons of people. So he's confessed to 93 murders. 50 of them, they have verified like as legitimate confessions, not something he's just saying. And they're, they do believe the rest of them are credible. They're just like, you have to like follow up with facts and make sure the things he's saying are accurate. Like these people are missing. And since some people haven't been claimed by like family or a friend or anyone, they just need to confirm they're missing. Like, so they have to put in a lot of work to confirm these confessions are legitimate but literally killed for heartbreaking yeah super heartbreaking and like like if he's exchanging his confessions for things he wants can you imagine if he has more that he hasn't given yet i know really like maybe he's saving some real good ones or something for like something he wants i don't know it's crazy so for 35 years he killed people literally for 35 years 93 victims that we know of in those 35 years um, a lot of them apparently were originally ruled overdoses or like were attributed to like undetermined causes. So, and, and some of those bodies have never been found. So he said, for many years, I believed I would not be caught because I thought no one was accounting for my victims because he was moving to so many places. And obviously, I'm sure you've seen this in TV shows, but like we've read about it in our research. Obviously, you need to have some sort of profile somewhere that's listed. So another state could be like, oh, I have something that matches that. But generally, you're not always assuming, oh, it's probably a serial killer unless you're getting like a few bodies. And if he's waiting like 15 years between going back to Kentucky, that's one murder. And then there's two. So you're not like, oh, this one murder has to be. And if it's not widely publicized in media, it's very hard. Because like I said, before he got picked up, they had no idea he killed this many people in the first place. He was only charged for like three murders when they arrested him. And yet then he was like, oh, by the way, I've actually killed 93 people. So you're like 90 short. FYI. And like most police, I mean, think about it. If he's 15 years apart. Okay, so police investigate this first murder people retire in 15 20 years 
So it's like, no one's going to think, oh yeah, these murders are definitely related. They're 15 years apart. Like, why would you? Especially because it doesn't seem like he had like a specific tell. Like he didn't like steal a trophy or all cut off their right side of their hair or something. He drew portraits and that was for him. So it wasn't like he was leaving his signature behind that made it super easy for people to follow him. And even if they were to go back and be like, hey, remember this guy? I'm sure that people who worked on one of his cases probably joined back in when they finally caught him and realized that he had killed all these people. But obviously they didn't know he killed all these people before 2018 when he started confessing it and trading because he didn't want to be in Los Angeles anymore. He also um, doesn't have any preference as far as race is concerned. No. Uh, And, you know, we know that many serial killers tend to kill in their own race. Um, he is white, black, Hispanic. I mean, he really just does not care. Transgender, not tra- like he's just all over the place. Um, does not seem to really have just he sees them and he's like, yeah, you'll work. Yeah. So these are creepy. Yeah, they're super creepy. And it, like I said, if you go back on here, they even show a timeline of all the mugshots he's had and been arrested. So like the first one was in 1966, then 1967, then 72, then 73, then 74, then 75, then 77, then 78, then 84, and then 85, 88, 90, 93, 94, 95. So he was still being arrested up until 1995 and still did not get finally arrested for good until 2005. So he's all 10 more years after that before. No, sorry. It was after that. It's just crazy to me that he got away with it for so long. And one of the reasons they call him such a prolific circular is because he got away with it for so long and he was under their noses so many times, like so many times they had him in custody and let him go for whatever the case may be. So if he didn't even get arrested until September of 2012, okay? And his last arrest was in 95. And then he said he continued, so he killed for 10 more years after his last arrest and then still evaded police for another seven more years before they even captured him. Talk about getting a break. Yeah. Or or 50. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) So I definitely think that's where the prolific part of this comes in because not only did he continually get arrested, but he get kept getting let go and he was out there for so long like to not only be arrested until seven years ago is mind-blowing to me yeah that's scary yeah it's it is but anyway guys that's samuel little he's he was so interesting in the creepiest way merely because he evaded getting arrested for so long and if you google his name that's usually the first thing that comes up is numerous articles on how he continued to evade police even though he kept getting arrested for like years and years like, four attempted murder. And they were like, oh, it was attempted. You're good. No biggie. See ya. <laughs> so, that is it for us for episode 31. Happy Friday. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Episode 30 and episode 31 in the book. So, please, as usual, I'm going to give my normal spiel. Like us, rate us, follow us, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions. We'll take it all. Yeah, and we hope you have a great weekend.